Good to see you guys tonight, man. Welcome. And we are in a series like Chase just said, Home Run Life. And here's the thing. This series, right, is based off of a book that our senior pastor wrote. You guys may or may not know this. We are one church in eight different locations, including this one. And our senior pastor, PK, about two years ago, wrote a book called Home Run Life. And so we've been kind of walking through different bases and different things that we believe is for you and for me if we want, right, God's pattern for living. But I want you to hear kind of how he explains the bases. And so check out this video real quick. Right. And so tonight we end our series. We talk about third base Results. Now, if we're honest, we would all agree, right, that we all want to be good at something. I mean, raise your hand if you want to be good at something. And here's the thing. If you're really honest, you would say you want other people in the room to know that you're good at that thing, right? And that's just how we are. So let me ask you guys a question tonight. Here's the question. How many of you believe, how many of you believe that you are in control of how successful you will be? Show of hands, how many of you believe that you are in control of how successful you will be? Now, I remember for me, when I was in middle school and high school, right, the sport, let's just keep it on the sports theme, okay, the sport that I wanted to excel at was the sport of football. But the problem was, get this, guys, my first two years of varsity high school football, we were 0 and 20, not one W in two years. And so here's the thing. Everybody we played against was bigger than us. Everybody we played against was faster than us. Everybody we played against was stronger than us. I mean, it was a pretty sad story, right? And so, but when I was in the middle school and high school season of my life, I remember I watched a video, a film about the greatest basketball player to ever walk on the court, Michael Jordan, all right? Some of you guys debate that. I don't know why you would debate that, but Here's the interesting thing about the video is that they interviewed the coach, the coach that had walked life with Jordan for years and years and years, Phil Jackson. This is what they said to Phil Jackson. They said, what was Michael Jordan's greatest weakness when he came into the NBA? And without hesitation, the coach said his greatest weakness was his shooting. And so then he proceeded to talk in the interview and he's like, but... I gave Michael Jordan a goal, and I told Michael Jordan, I said, listen, I want you to work hard and to to sweat and to do whatever it takes to make your greatest weakness your greatest strength. So when you leave the NBA, when you hang up the shoes for the last time, you're walking away, and your greatest weakness that began with your greatest weakness becomes your greatest strength. And if you guys know anything about basketball, you know that Michael Jordan was a scoring machine. I mean, he was unstoppable. The shots that he could make, the things that he could do, the dunks that he could dunk, right? He was unbelievable, but it took hard work. It took dedication. It didn't, it didn't happen, right? It didn't happen over, overnight. And see, I remember for me, I took that video to heart because I started thinking, man, if I want to be a really good football player, then man, I've got I've to get stronger. I've got to work on my, my technique. I've got to work on my footwork, right? And so in high school, I started doing whatever it took to get good at football. And I got decent. I wasn't great, but I got decent, right? I know you guys probably think differently, but I got decent. 
at the game of football. And, and what it comes down to is I began to sacrifice things and work hard that other people didn't. So I got to school early to walk through plays and technique and, and blocking schemes with, with my coach. And the problem for me, right, is the weakest part of my game was the blocking. But my only job in football was to block. So I was, I was in trouble, right? So I had to get better. So I would get there early. I would work out after school. I would work after practice and stay after practice and stay late and come early and all those kinds of things. But here's what I realized at the end of this thing, what I realized, right, is that as much as I lifted weights and tried to get big and strong and tried to work on technique and all those kinds of things, it was always different in a game setting. See, when there's somebody that's physically across from you, it was always different. And I know that I'm kind of bouncing around in different sports, but there's a video that I want you to see. This guy is practicing after hours by himself. This one's the game of basketball, but in a spirit of a good laugh, check this out. I mean, come on, it's okay to get a little mad, get a little upset, but here's the thing. Just for the sake of, of the story of the illustration, let's just imagine that this guy is, man, he's legit. Like, he can shoot. He's like dribbling around ghosts everywhere, you know what I'm saying? Juking out chairs everywhere, right? Hitting threes left and right. Let's just say he's really, really good, but it's probably going to be totally different when he gets in the game. When he gets against real-life people, real-life examples, it's probably not going to go the same exact way as a stationary chair, if you will. And the whole point that I'm trying to make, right, is that there is a pattern that is different, that is contradictory to the pattern that God has set out for us to live. See, in culture, culture would encourage you and I to live and to run the bases backwards. It would, it would encourage that, that literally the most important thing is third base. It is the results. It is winning. It is competence. It is all about what you do, what you bring to the table, how good you are, how popular you are, how talented, right, that you are. Stay in the gym and, and shoot jumpers until you make them all. Sacrifice the relationships and use people to, just so you can be noticed. Look out for yourself first. Get results no matter the cost. And if we're being honest tonight, we're all tempted to do that. We're all tempted to run the bases backwards, to run the bases or accomplish life in the world's way. A lot of us feel a lot of pressure all the time. I mean, I was talking to a volunteer leader the other day. She's got an eighth grade daughter that's going into high school. You guys know this because you're in high school. But she said, in the orientation of not even being in high school yet, they got into the grade point average you've got to have to get into a place like UGA. They got into, this is how many AP classes you got to have. Raise your hand if you're in an AP gifted class. Good for you guys. I did not excel in that, right? But they got into all this stuff that you have to do if you're going to go to a college that is prominent and, and what you want, right? And so we feel pressure all the time. If you're honest, you feel pressure to get good grades so you can get in the right college or to, to practice all, all the time for hours so that you can be the best on the team or to make sure that your skills taking selfies are awesome so that you can have a mad Instagram game. You know what I'm saying? 
And all those things, right? None of them are bad. Except maybe the Instagram thing. None of them are bad. But we stress ourselves out, students, over attaining a broken definition of success based on worldly standards. And I don't know about you, but I find that to be exhausting. It gets tiresome. When we base everything on our results and what we bring to the table, it gets tiresome. And here's the truth, and I know it's true because it was true for me a lot of years, is that a lot of times, if you would consider yourself a follower of Christ, we bring in the same results mentality into our relationship with God. And we end up thinking that it's all about what we do, man. We ended up thinking that the results are up to us. And a lot of times we look at Christianity much like a ladder. And so, man, if we can just do more and try harder, then we'll get up the ladder. We'll get higher. We'll get closer to God. We'll do the right thing. And we think it's all based on our results. But the good news is that that's not true. The good news is that the, the story of the gospel, the truth of the gospel, right, is that it's not based on a ladder. It's not based on climbing a ladder. It's based on the cross. And what the cross communicates to you and what the cross communicates to me is that because of Jesus, our life as Christ followers is not about what we do. It's about what's been done for us through Jesus Christ. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. It's an incredible truth. And so that's why when we look at the cross, it brings a message of hope. It's the anchor for our soul. When life gets busy, when life gets crazy, when we get into this thinking of third base is all that matters. And so when we don't produce results and when we don't do the right thing and when we don't make the good grade, what happens? See, if we hang our life and hang our hat on that, life will be really, really challenging. It'll be really difficult. But see, in God's game plan, it starts at home plate. God is our purpose. And see, for me, when I was playing football, I sacrificed a lot of things. I sacrificed time with my friends. I sacrificed things I could do in the church right, to be great at football. And here's what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's, that, that, that there's anything wrong with you trying to be great, with there's, that there's anything wrong with you trying to do your best. I think that is awesome, that you want to honor God and you want to be the best you can be. But when it becomes everything, when it consumes you, that's when we get, right, into dangerous, dangerous ground. So I want to give you a thought. We're going to rally around it tonight. It's the bottom line if you're taking notes. Here it is. Our purpose isn't found in results or in success. It's found in God. Our purpose isn't found in success. It's found in God. The Bible says it like this. It says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of the world. Remember, the pattern of the world, success first, results first, that's all that matters. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And see, students, that's the invitation that God has for you and that he has for me tonight. The invitation is that he welcomes us into a pattern of life 
that is the best pattern, that is God's pattern for you and for me. And it starts at home plate. It starts with connecting with God because everything begins with God. It begins with him. And if you're here tonight and you would say, man, I don't even know what that means. I don't know how to connect with God. I've never connected with God. I'm not a believer. I don't follow Christ. Dude, we would love to talk with you tonight. Any of these leaders with these awesome leader t-shirts, I will talk with you. Talk with someone. It's the best story that you could ever hear that you could ever follow. But it starts at home plate. And then we go to first base and we build our character. In, in the decisions that we make, like when no one else is looking. Then we go to second base. We build community with the friends that we have, the people that are around us. And then we get to third base and its results. And here's the beautiful thing is that when we run the bases the right way, we get to third base and the results that we have are all attributed to the God that we serve. It's not based on us. It's based on him. And see, when we accept that invitation, it causes us to think differently, it causes us to see things differently, and it causes us to live a much different lifestyle where we're transformed. And so tonight, I want to answer this question. How do we win at third base? How do we win when it comes to Results, And I want to give you a foundational truth that I think, I think it is huge for our life. And here it is. God is my provider. God is my provider. God is your provider. And in the Bible, if you want to turn open to Matthew chapter 6, that's where we're going to be tonight. You want to grab the Bible in front of you or below you. Matthew 6, page number 971. 971. This is so cool because this is the middle, right, of what is called the Sermon on the Mount. This is the first public sermon that Jesus preached. And it's in Matthew 6. He has just gotten through talking about all kinds of stuff. Jesus is talking about all kinds of stuff. He's turning, he's turning things upside down, man. He, he's, he's saying things that are contradictory to what people have been believing. And he's talking about the truth, right? And then he gets into this section where he talks about, listen, listen, listen. Don't store up for yourselves treasures on the earth. Don't store up, don't hang your hat on things that are temporary, on things that don't last. Instead, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. In other words, put God at his rightful place. Put God first. Don't hang your hat on fame or on money or on success, but instead hang it on something that's eternal, on something that lasts, on God himself. And then he gets to this. I want to read this with you guys. Matthew 6, beginning in verse number 25. It says this, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? In other words, Jesus is saying, hey, listen, don't worry about your life. Now, that's a, that's a hard one, right, guys? Because it's really easy for us to worry. 
It's easy for us to worry about our grades, to worry about being the best on the team, to worry about stuff in our family, to worry about drama at school, to worry about stuff within our communities and friends. It's easy to go there. But what Jesus is saying is this, I will provide everything you need. The birds of the air have everything they need. And the reason is because I provide it for them. And they are not as important as you are. Isn't that cool? The birds are not as important as you. <laughs> That's what Jesus is saying. And then he goes on. He says this, can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. In other words, students, don't worry because worry doesn't add anything to your life. If I had a dollar, if I had a penny for every second that I have worried in my life, right, I would be a rich man. You guys with me on that? Come on. But Jesus is saying, don't worry because it's not going to add anything to your life. He knows what you need and he will provide it. And get this, he will provide it every single time because that's who he is. And then he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added or given to you. And so God is my provider. God is your provider. And I wanna give you two taglines to go with that. It's in your notes. Here's the first one, I can trust him. Because God is my provider, I can trust him. Because God knows everything that I need, I can trust that he will give me all that I need. Now, is it easy to trust? Not all the time. Oftentimes, it's very difficult to trust that God will provide, and that's because we have small faith sometimes, but the truth is what the Bible teaches and what, what we believe is that God will provide, and he can be trusted, and King David knew this. King David in Psalm 20 said this. He said, some trust in horses and some trust in chariots, but we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. See, some trust in temporary things. He was talking about the Syrian war, the Syrian army. And one thing about the Syrian army is that they had plenty of supplies. They had plenty of horses. They had plenty of chariots. They had plenty of guns. They had plenty of tools. They had plenty of weapons. But they didn't have the most important. And David said, we'll trust. We'll trust in God because he will provide. See, students... The home run life isn't based around success. It's not based on money. It's not based on popularity. It's not based on followers. It's not based even in the things that you own. Living out home run life on third base centers on the understanding that you have a God who prov will provide what you need. He will provide what you need. And so for me, in my journey with the Lord, oftentimes I will just acknowledge that to be true of him. God, I know, if, even if I can't see that you're gonna provide, I know that you're gonna provide because that's who you are. And I will invite him into my life in that way. God, you've gotta provide. 
You've got to step through. You've got to intervene. If you don't intervene, then, then I don't know what's going to happen. You guys, have any, any of you ever been in that situation? That if he doesn't intervene, then something bad is going to take place or, or something's going to go south. And the truth is that God loves to be placed in that position. I ask God for wisdom and choices and success in my accomplishments. So whatever worries me, whatever frightens me, whatever gets me off pace or off balance, I try to give those over to God. And the second tagline is this, because I can trust him, I work with him and for him. And see, this is the one that we sometimes don't see. The Bible says this, whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as though working for the Lord and not for people. It's, it's about inviting God into what you are doing. Maybe it's school, maybe it's sports, maybe it's something in family, maybe it's a test, maybe it's a presentation, maybe it's a job that you work at, maybe it's a, a talent that you have. Inviting God into those areas and those places in your life. See, students, when we think of the things that we do as doing those things for God or with God or because of God, it's a game changer. And see, the truth tonight is simple. Because of who God is and what he's done for me through Jesus, he deserves my best. And my work is a reflection on who God is. And see, being a Christ follower, coming to church, man, that's no excuse to get lazy. It's no excuse to not work hard. I mean, think about this. If you go into a test and you don't study at all, and then you're sitting in your desk and you're like, hey, God, could you help me make an A? Do you think you're going to make an A on that test? No way, because you've got to work hard. You've got to study. You've got to apply yourself, right? And some of you guys, you're like, oh, man, so that's how it works. You've got to study. That's what you've got to do. You've got to apply yourself and do your very best. And see, the reality is, I want to show God that he is worth my best. And there's times when you fail and there's times when I fail, but he's always worth the best. See, tonight, I don't want you to think in a message like this on results that you have to do anything to earn God's love. Sometimes we think that to be the case, that we have to earn God's love. And that is very far from the truth. But think about it like this. How we do what we do reflects how we love him. How we do what we do reflects how we love God. And so tonight as we wrap up, I know there's times when we invite God into what we're doing. And then I know there's times when we don't invite God into what we're doing. And oftentimes when that happens, things can tend to go south. And so I want you to hear the story of this guy. His name's Gene Thornton. Some of you may know who he is. For the past 15 years, he's gone by the name Malice. And he's produced or been featured on records with people like Justin Timberlake or Pharrell, Pharrell Williams. Pharrell. Pharrell Williams. Um, man, he's performed all over the place. He's well known, right? According to world standards of success, man, he has had it all. He's had money, he's had fame, he's had cars, he's had women. 
Whatever the world has said is success, he's had it. But a couple years ago, all of it came crashing down because he was running the bases in the wrong way. Check out this video. I like that quote from Pharrell. He said, it's what is on the inside that you have to be connected to. And the truth is, we can all go down a path like that one, where we base our life around success. We base it around what we do. I love what Jim Carrey said. He said this, I think everyone should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so they can see that it's not the answer. See, when you make your life, when you make your success the purpose of your life, you're left with a void. It leaves you with an unanswered question because God no longer is God for you. Money maybe is, or popularity maybe is, or getting followers maybe is. And as we close this series out, here's my hope and my prayer for you guys, and it's really simple. See, you've heard tonight and you've heard in previous weeks, based on the game of baseball, God's pattern for life. And something that will always be true about his pattern and and the world's pattern is that they're completely different. And my prayer for you is that you would choose to live your life based on God's pattern for living. And see, sure, man, when it comes to third base and results, you got to work hard. You got to give your best effort. But don't allow success in your life to rob you of the most important truth that we could all hang our hat on. And here it is. Rest in the gospel. Rest in the truth and the story of the gospel. And the truth and the story of the gospel is simple. It's not based on what you do. It's based on what's been done for you through Christ. And if tonight you don't know that story, come and talk to a leader. Maybe if you came with a friend, talk to the friend that you came with. And here's the beautiful part of what I want to just pray over you tonight. So if you will, just bow your heads and close your eyes. I just want to pray that God would give you the ability Not to worry about all your grades. I mean, yes, you got to try hard. You got to do your best. Not to worry about all your grades or worry about all your followers or worry about all the things it is that consume high school students, but that you would simply rest in the gospel. That tonight, when you lay your head on the pillow, that you would rest in the fact that there is a God that is madly and radically in love with you.